Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Bit About Crypto. I'm David James, the Job Whisperer, and uh, I guess it's 2 o'clock on uh, Sunday. Indeed. Pacific time or uh, 5 p.m. on the East Coast. Yep. Or 11 p.m. in Switzerland. Yeah. If, uh, yeah. If, you know, we got lots of fans in Switzerland. That's right. You know, they stay up late on a Sunday night so uh, they can drag into work because, like you said, yeah, I had to catch a bit about crypto as soon as it dropped. Yeah. yeah. Or, or not. They, yeah. They have four day work weeks over there. Yeah. They got a lot of things over there. We're going to be talking about that in a second. But anyhow, Dave Hampton, Robo Recruiter, welcome. Thank you. My Thank co- you so my, much. My co host, how's your week been? It's been well, it's been going well. Yeah. So. Family good? Family's good. Yeah. All right. Yeah, so uh, this is a bit about crypto, and we are a podcast, and you can find us on Spotify and Apple, and if you want to watch, you can look us up on YouTube, and um, the podcast is about how uh, crypto is changing the job market, right? So what this is is a human interest story where we actually bring on guests and we talk about their lives. And as you guys all know, the, uh, the format is we bring people from all walks of life because what's happening is uh, what everybody's having in common is the, their finding of crypto or of, of crypto finding them, right? And there's really only two kinds of people, those that have found crypto and blockchain and those that will, right? Yep. And what David and I do is we actually have a recruiting firm called Blockchain Recruiters. <clears throat> and we, we specifically uh, specialize in all facets of recruiting as it relates to the blockchain space. So talk about that, David. Well, uh, let's see here. We were growing quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, uh, have, yeah. Have quite a few clients. Yeah, and by uh, the way, thank you, podcast. It's been great. Yeah. You guys have been great. Combination of uh, non-technical, technical roles. You know, we've, mm-hmm. we've seen that it's a combination of uh, non-technical. It's marketing, market managers, community managers. Uh, you got finance-related roles. And then the technical side, you got blockchain engineers, developers, front-end, back-end. Mm-hmm. Um, probably a lot of similarities from, uh, you know, what what I think you saw back in 2011 in terms of the mobile app stuff. Yeah. Well, uh, if you told me like even seven months ago, right, or whenever it is, like at the beginning of 2021, if you told me, hey, we're going to start aggregating uh, art appraisers and math quants and portfolio managers, yeah, right, and catalog managers for the, the NFTs and all this other kind of stuff, I just so what we do, what separates us from everybody else, is we aggregate all the people in the space. We find you. We we've got resources who find people on LinkedIn and various sites, and we put them in our database. And then we actually pay services where we can attach the email and the phone number. So when somebody says, "Hey, I need a certain person all over the world," we have them. We know we know where to go quickly, right? And we're one degree of separation from everybody in the space, and. Uh, so if you're looking for a job in the blockchain space, right, you can actually send your, send your resume to Dave. You can, like, he's taking that at Dave at blockchain. Dave recruiter. at blockchainrecruiters.net. Yeah, you yeah. can also call me at 858-254-6938. Somebody's listening in their car. Why don't you actually say that again? Give them time to get a pen. 858-254-6938. And if you're a, if you're a project, if you're a blockchain project, you're a crypto NFT project company and you need some people in any capacity, find me. I'm at the BTC recruiter um, on uh, Twitter. So anyhow, um, David, uh, topic, riddle me this. So everything's priced in dollars, 
Uh, pretty much everything around the world is priced in dollars. Well, yeah, considering we're the reserve currency, it's... Right. Everything's yeah. priced, and, and of course, everything's going up inflation, right? Yeah. Right. And, yeah, and costs are going up, supplies going down, so... When you talk to the uh, uninformed, that's just the word I'll use, the uninformed, they'll say the price of everything is going up, and I disagree. I don't think anything's going up. No, I think it's a combination of uh, demand supply issues combined with the fact that the value of the dollar is going down. That's what I'm talking about. So yeah, the prices are not going up. The value of what we actually price everything up is becoming worthless by the day. Yeah, I mean, what you could purchase for $3 is now $5. That's that's really right. what's going on So and because the dollar's worth less. Right. So, which means that you got to... You got to work uh, more or the same amount of hours for less money. Right. So you, you yes. So, you, so the, you, the your wage. Yeah. So you're being robbed of your time, which in essence is being, uh, which is robbing you a, of, your, of your freedom. Right. Yeah. But when you talk about sound money, right, and as it relates to cryptocurrency, that it's the only thing that I've ever like been paid in that I go back and I look at it later, and it's worth more. Unless that, yeah, that's the that's the yeah. concept, right? And uh, Mar Mar Marty Bent on the Rabbit Hill ra Recap. He's talking about how we need to get to a place where everything is pr priced in Satoshis, right? Mm -hmm. And, I mean, when and if that happens. I do know that Bitcoin is the most popular and largest financial network in the history of the planet, mm -hmm. bigger than Visa. So there's a certain inevitability about that. So I... Um, and it's funny because when I, I literally, and you know this, I, I said to you, I said, look, we have to shutter all our other recruiting efforts. We got to just do blockchain. Are you in? You said, yeah, I'm in. Mm -hmm. Right. And kind of like uh, D'Artagnan and the Three Musketeers, all for one, one for all. We just decided, we just, we burned our boat on this one. We, we, we. Uh, I mean, yeah, we, I, I mean, yeah. I mean, but we had a, a, a speedy, uh, lifeboat uh, uh, yeah. well, to, to get away kind well, of thing. I mean, all so, we had to do was make two phone calls. We got our first client, yeah, right? So, well, well, yeah. Yeah, 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 well, yeah. We knew it was there, but we, we, we said, hey, we're, we're, we were, we're going to burn our boat. We're pot committed, we, and we did blockchain recruiters, right? And I literally thought that the people were going to find us, like exchanges would call, and I, I literally thought we were going to do all our work in the Bitcoin exchanges or, or the crypto exchanges, right? Comes to find I don't want to work with any exchanges, right? Yeah, I mean, I, I think what I've learned is that when you, uh, those kinds of companies that are, that are already large, um, uh, kind of large and in charge or think they're large and in charge, they don't really uh, find a need for us. They already get service quite a bit. So it, it's really the, you know, the, the 50 to $250 million companies that really. I don't think a dollar figure. I think it's the. I'm just the, saying the, 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 the smaller to medium size the, versus the, the larger, like, known entities. But the 10 to 50 person company that's that's where they need us it's like yeah we, or, or we, 10 to 50 if you ask yeah, me we, we've got funding and also but I, I, we've gotten so many calls from so many different companies it's like wow really you you need us to find you art appraisers and catalog managers right portfolio yeah. managers things of this nature auctioneers it's just it's crazy yeah right that i would actually need to find an online auctioneer yeah, I mean, I, I think I think those are far and few between right now. I but know, but I just I, I just was like I just I just never knew what when I opened this door, and the irony is is the uh, the guests that we're actually going to speak to today actually um, they're educators first, right? The, mm -hmm. the the they're 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 a married couple, right? And the wife she she comes up through education, and the, the husband he comes up through innovation and technology, and I'm really looking forward to seeing to get to know them. 
and uh, see, see what they're, let them share about what their offering is and how they see the future doing. As a matter of fact, I'm kind of getting bored talking to us. Let's talk to them. What do you say? Uh, I agree. All right. So please welcome, no further ado, Johanna and Rich. And uh, I, I just uh, wanted to say both. And it's, it's Maghul, right? Is that yes, Maggle. 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 Okay. Maggle. So, yeah, yeah. yeah so, so they got a lot of superfluous letters in their names. Like yeah. Johanna has two e N's. Extra, ex yeah, they got an extra A. Right, so, it's, yeah. so it's Mag, yeah, yeah. like, you know, like you, you put in a, in a gun, but, Mag you know, Maggle but it's spent two A's. M-A-A-G-H-U-L. He's got two A's for emphasis, right? Just if you didn't know there was, yeah, in case you forget saying. one so of it's A's. Mag. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Magnum. Mag. Yeah, I'd like to do it big. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah come, come higher, don't come at all, right? So anyhow, so welcome, and, uh, and thank you for staying up late. And uh, I, you, um, it's it's late there in uh, in Switzerland. And uh, so, where do you want to start? So, which one of you interesting people? So, so first off, you guys have been together a long time, right? Oh yeah, we've been a, a team and um, a husband and wife uh, for about thirty years. Okay, so and, uh, um, let's hear about the who pursued who. How? Let's just start right there, right? <laughs> it's like so, who saw who and. Who, who says, okay, I'll come to CrossFit if you bring the coffee or however that works? How, how did that happen with you guys? Yeah, I, I think um, I, I was the pursuer, and uh, she uh, definitely shut me down the first night. Yes. And I had to, I had to uh, pursue her again and again, and then she finally said, okay, um, I'll go on a date with you. So uh, from there on, we, uh, we moved pretty quick and uh, got married about seven months after we met. And then became uh, lifetime partners and business partners, and we have a lot of fun together. Well, just so you know, I asked my wife out like twenty times, and we went from <laughs> no, we went from drop dead to I can't live without you. No, true story, true, true story, true story. She says drop dead, so you're saying there's a chance. Right? <laughs> Anyhow, all right. So, so Johanna, so where where'd you grow up? Uh, I, I grew up in Maine and um, we, so yeah, I grew up in Maine, cold up there. And then we uh, met in Boston and uh, took a whole bunch of time off right after we got married, which kind of skewed our, our perspective and thought, well, we'll just move to Maine because we'd spent the whole summer there. And we, then we went back for the winter and decided <laughs> So we, we ended up going to, to actually to visit Rich's parents in Hawaii and then back to California for a little mini vacation in February. By March, we'd packed up the car, sold everything we had, and we were living in California. So we, you know, we do move fast. Okay. okay so, so basically, I call that being yeah. decisive. so Johanna, like when you were yeah. like in your formative years, like up through 12th grade, what did you do? Did you do sports? Were you a brainiac? Uh, um, uh, uh, cross, I, was a, cross. I was always a, yeah, I was a math person since I was a little tiny, you know, kid. And, um, and so I had kind of pockets of math and then art and then math, you know, and so when, when I was in my early twenties, I was working actually in the, uh, tech space with a PC magazine, PC computing. Yep. And, um, I, and so I just, if, and I think we might've flipped the rich out of the, education space a bit more and me out of the techie space. Oh, did, I, did I say it so backwards? Was, sorry. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. So I was working at PC magazine, PC computing back in the early nineties when, you know, 
you know, uh, they, all the startups. They, they still had paper yeah. and magazines back yeah. then. Yeah. From trees. Yeah. yeah, it was it was interesting times. I mean, and so I became sort of an accidental programmer at the time for mm-hmm. our for the company, and I kind of fell in love with this particular type of programming and started doing that, and then, um, and then basically fast forward about. I don't know, eight, seven years when Rich and I were married, moved to California and he started kind of working with me in that space. And we we did a big project for Chevron where we built a knowledge management system for them that we had the opportunity to license to them for about you know eight or nine years. And uh, so that was our first round. And it was uh, for me, just a real quick story is I stayed in tech for a while, but I did some other stuff, but started to get burned out from the programming in the early 2000s. And then so 2013, when, you know, I, I took a consulting project for somebody building, um, building a new startup on the Ripple um, blockchain platform. And I was, he explained to me, how blockchain works, how we're going to create something that competes with the SWIFT network at the banks and how we don't really need the banks anymore. <laughs> and when I gro- when I grokked all of that, I was like, wow. And my kind of interest in technology was revived because I saw this pathway of possibility now that was going to create equity and, you know, a whole new opportunity for people, you know, considering... of the people on the planet probably are unbanked, have no access to banking. And this could change a lot of things and it has. And so, and then I will let kind of Rich talk a little bit about his story because then it gets to how did we connect that with education? Hold on on a second. And I appreciate you co-hosting, right? So, <laughs> uh, but uh, anyhow, you better watch out. Yeah, job security for you, Hampton, yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, be, uh, care, be careful what you and, wish for, she's, Joanna. She's pretty, and I can brand her, right? So, anyhow, uh, I don't have to keep her behind the mic like you. Um, <laughs> don't threaten me with a good time. <laughs> so, Rich, so so where where? Let's talk about your formative years. Like, where were you born? And junior high, high sure. school. Uh, were you yeah, like a uh, bare knuckle boxer or you bow hunter? Sure. What were you? <laughs> yeah, uh, well, I was born in um, I was born in New Jersey, uh-huh. and my my folks moved eight of us to Pittsburgh, uh, Pennsylvania, and um, I grew up in pretty much of a blue collar you know uh, community. Um, you know, uh, it was tough times. Coal mines and uh, the steel mills were shutting down. Right. And um, so it was really competitive out there, you know, you know, that's kind of where I thought my entrepreneurship uh, kind of uh, birth happened. Uh, It's, you know, cutting grass, shoveling snow, um, little odd jobs here and there. And, um, you know, growing up in Pittsburgh, you know, people worked hard during the week and, you know, sports was a big thing. Uh, So I played a lot of sports, Um, you know, Friday night lights. You know, it goes bleeds right into college football, and then yeah. you know, everybody knows about the Pittsburgh Steelers. So it was that kind of you know rock and cycle kind of life. You know, it's about how do you make money and how do you uh, you know grow grow up in Pittsburgh. So uh, how, how did you get to was, young, Youngstown State though? How, how did that happen? Yeah, so yeah, I had a football scholarship. Mm-hmm. Uh, I played under uh, Coach Narduzzi. 
and uh, he recruited me, and uh, I went there and played a couple of years of football. Were you a tight end or a linebacker? I was a linebacker. Okay, I'm just looking at the shoulders, right? <laughs> I, I literally, I was yeah. just looking at the shoulders. I said, uh, yeah. I, I, yeah, "Yeah." So anyhow, um, did you bring yeah. the Did you bring the pain? I brought, yes, I'm feeling it now. I'm feeling <laughs> no, 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 no. You're you're feeling now, but back then you brought the pain, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I, 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 I've yeah. never in my life I've never taken a snap, but if I I, I lack the athletic ability, that's why. But if I could, yeah. I'd want to be the the linebacker. That that, would give me well, that that was a badge of honor. Yeah, you can de- deliver the pain. Yeah, um, that was kind of the 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 next notch up in a blue collar town. Right. Okay, so, so so you're at Youngstown State, and I mm-hmm. I also know you went to West Virginia and Wesleyan College as well. Right. So, yeah. so what are you, where is your life going and what are you thinking you're going to be as far as the, like at 20 or 22 or that yeah. part of your life? Yeah. So when I, when I finished uh, sports, I decided to transfer down to uh, West Virginia Westland. Um, and then, you know, what I was thinking is like, I don't want to go to school anymore. Uh-uh. I don't want to go to college and I want to go out and start something. Um, so I dropped out of college and, um, and, and then, um, you know, just trying to figure out like, what's my next move. And that's where I really got introduced to technology. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was. No, don't talk about that. Yeah. When you say you're introduced to technology, what, what, what's that aha moment where, Hey, I'm riding this train. Well, it's a whole communication uh, piece of, of the, you know, the, the internet highway. Right. I mean, I was blown away even with just copy serve, you know, typing in and be able to communicate, you know, uh, that was so cool. It was so cool. I was like, whoa. And then AOL came out and they made it colorful. So I was just like, okay, this is, this is something that I can really jump on. And, um, and then I was, and then I kind of fell into this whole, because initially in the internet, you were, it was like booking travel or communicating or you know it's it was just a whole new beginning and i found my kind of pathway into like travel like booking airline tickets so uh, that was kind of my my first startup is owning an online travel company and um and that was and i was able to do it right out of my house that was just like the biggest whoa this is great. I can make actually make money doing this. And uh, so that was kind of like, okay, that was big. And then Johanna and I uh, moved to Silicon Valley and we we're like, oh my God, everybody's all about building new technology. And, and um, we just kind of just jumped on the uh, surfboard and really, you know, rode the wave. And uh, we learned a lot and being an entrepreneur, uh, you, you know, you make some, you know, um, you hit some big bumps, but you learn from them. And then, um, but when you're on the upswing, um, you know, we did very well. And um, we actually were, you know, creating value and uh, and making money. So that was big for us. Okay. So I, I, and I, I guess you guys were together when you found it. So how did crypto find you as a collective? Yeah, so I mean, like Johanna says, she kind of got at the beginning with Ripple um, started out, and um, but I started I started this uh, uh, after two thousand eight, two thousand nine, uh, where the market crashed, and uh, I became kind of like a C level investor, 
And uh, I found this one really interesting organization. Uh, they were doing overseas education. They were teaching young students all about entrepreneurship. So um, I helped, um, you know, get the company up and running and funded. And, um, and I decided to get involved in it. So um, about five or five or six years ago, I decided to take over the company. And um, as the past CEO stepped out, and the major issue is how do you scale uh, in education by keeping the cost of education down to a lot more people? So uh, during my research, um, I decided that the biggest problem is, especially in international education, there's way too many layers, way too many middlemen in every deal. Um, and we're bringing, you know, loads of uh, people oh, hold from on. China. For our audience, talk about, mm -hmm. talk about, because even as I, I sit and I, I, we, Dave and I both have natural curiosity. This is of interest to me. So talk about the, because the, what I'm talking about, the thing I'm seeing in every guest I talk to is a form of disruption. Right, Uber mm -hmm. disrupted taxis. Right, Amazon yep. disrupted retail, and I, I wasn't <clears throat> even aware of all these these layers of rent seekers. So, can you talk about what somebody has to go sure. through? Right. So, um, uh, in international schools, uh, or even um, uh, executives uh, who want to travel to another country, like say the U.S., for short-term education programs. Uh, they would actually have to go through uh, tour operators that deal with education, uh, dis, uh, domestic receptives, uh, uh, domestic uh, uh, operators, and um, and then to us, the the company that's putting together these education programs with the universities like Harvard, MIT. Uh, we did a lot of the, kind of the high high brand Ivy League type schools, so any transaction could be between three and five different people uh, taking a cut of the, uh, the cost of education. So um, by time a program could cost a thousand dollars and by time the student comes, they're paying $7,000. So um, that meant that mostly the upper middle class, uh, you know, the, the higher end of society uh, can actually afford it. And uh, as more and more uh, competitors got into the middle of the, uh, got into the business, everybody was, you know, uh, pushing the, um, the cost of the education down where companies like us were having a hard time actually making a profit. So um, when the CEO stepped down, I had to go in and figure out like, what's the problem? And the problem is way too many people when, uh, got their hands in the pot. So how do you um, remove all those layers? Because these middlemen are kind of the, um, the trust, they create the trust within their countries. Um, so people go there and know that, you know, if they're gonna do business, uh, it's better to go with a local uh, organization before they, you know, go abroad for education. So um, removing that, that needed to, if you're gonna remove that barrier, then you're gonna need to gain the trust. And that's where blockchain came in. Okay. Uh, Joanna was working with an advisory group out of uh, Hamburg, Germany at the time. And um, she uh, talked to me about the smart contracts and um, how there are a set of terms and conditions. 
Uh, nothing is paid or moves forward until each of these uh, conditions are met. And, uh, and everything was transparent. So anybody can see kind of the flow of the money and, um, and making sure that you know, every, everybody commits, the teachers commit, the schools commit, the, um, the students commit. So that was really, really important for us to be able to remove that, that kind of that middle layer where we can disrupt, disrupt that kind of uh, industry. So uh, Joanna uh, <coughs> uh, also came to me and said, hey, you know, we could uh, do an ICO. And I said, uh, well, how much equity are they gonna take from that? And she's like, well, there's no equity. And I'm like, whoa. Wait, I'm, I'm going to be able to raise money and um, there's no equity taken from its company. And I was really skeptical. I was like, what's, what's this all about? So, um, and then uh, we were very successful at raising money. Uh, we have a, a good community of um, holders, token holders. And, um, and at that point, we started building the company and um, we've learned a lot. I think the toughest thing for us was uh, be able to uh, explain blockchain, uh, going through the regulatory uh, uh, environment in Switzerland. Uh, that was very complicated. Um, and then uh, really trying to, you know, really push out our um, product to the world. How did I, I'm, I'm sorry, I, I missed the part. How did you guys get to Switzerland? Like, how'd you go from California to Switzerland? Is it through the company? No, no, yeah. they well, no, they took a plane. I, yeah, thanks, yeah. thanks, Captain <laughs> Literal. Okay, <laughs> I mean, I'm not a, I'm not a blockhead. That is right? how you so, get there. I'm just yeah, saying. well, that's not. That, yeah, that's, I, I got you, listen, Joanna and Rich. I listen, got you. Listen, yeah. pipe, pipe down. Now, we de we definitely took the plane. You um, see, even yeah. you said it again. Captain Obvious, well, Lieutenant Obvious. Well, the well, the group that um, that was advising us during our ICO uh, recommended that we uh, go Switzerland. At that point, the SEC was uh, didn't really have their um, uh, their act together, or their you know they didn't um, really have a you know anything. Yeah, they didn't have any guidance they, or plans to. There was no guidance, yeah, yeah. no roles. They were yeah. shutting. They were shutting down. They it's were not surprising. Down the it's, the, it's the American government, so. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we decided to uh, go to Switzerland because of all the governments. It was between Switzerland and then Singapore. Uh, but Singapore didn't have any guidance either. Switzerland did. They were at the beginning. Even though everything was rapidly changing, we felt that Switzerland was the best place. And actually, even today, they're very thorough. Um, they have strict guidelines. And uh, we were able to, you know, go through the whole entire process. And, uh, and you know, it seems to be, you know, working quite a bit. So, so my qu question, so you guys both work together in tandem as a team specifically for accelerators, correct? That's... Not that's for accelerators. No. Um, actually... Oh, I, I'm uh, sorry. Once... Yeah, but 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 yeah. you came you came as removing these layers with I, I misspoke. You're working for accelerators as removing the layers for education, right. right? And then then Johanna comes to you and says, "Hey, we could do an ICO, an initial coin offering, right?" And right. you ask, "Hey, how much equity are they going to take?" Nothing. It's like the coins are like zero coupon yeah. bonds until people provide worth to them, right? 
So that's uh, these these are things I'm trying to explain to my audience. You know, these the, mm-hmm. I want them to listen and get nuanced. So then you all of a sudden you do, you do this whole Odom thing. So what's the pivot of what you were doing? And and when Johanna brings you the idea of we could actually form a token offering on the blockchain, right? Then you mm-hmm. said, okay, we're not going to do uh, accelerators anymore. We're going to do Odom. Right, which and you guys have been that for over four years. So talk about the genesis of that. It's like, hey, we can do this, and what you guys built, and where you are. No, and and it, however you guys want to share the mic. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, I'll definitely want to. Uh, I'll probably let Johanna do it because she was very, um, she was really kind of managing that kind of entire architect of. Um, of you know what we created uh, from the the front end all the way through the back end and the whole way that crypto works for us on the blockchain. Yeah, and so you know, it just I'll just add like while Rich was doing accelerators, I you know we we built this other company together. We then did different stuff for a little while. Um, I also work as a literary agent, so part of what happened is when I went to Germany, I had a literary client there who was writing a blockchain book and he introduced me to these uh, this team of, of advisors out of Hamburg who were, I just immediately had an affinity with them and I started helping them with their website and building their company. And they were like, wow, you know, you've got a lot of skills you could help us with and so forth. And, but I was watching accelerators and helping where I could like with financial spreadsheets and so forth. And I was just like, wow. I mean, but to Rich's point, the layers of the supply chain for bringing a student or an executive from China to Stanford for a three-week education program were crazy. So the blockchain slash crypto opportunity there was that, you know, one of the things they say about blockchain and supply chain is that if you implement blockchain with supply chain, you're going to discover the uh, the middlemen that are necessary and the middlemen that are not. Yeah, with emphasis the, on it, not. With emphasis on not. Ex- Sorry, I exactly. had to hold on. Hold on. We're, we're middlemen. Okay, well, I'm but excited. there will so, right. Oh no, no, we're very essential. Stop that. Yes, you guys, but you guys are part of that supply chain that are essential. And that's a, Correct. Good, a really good point. Correct. Because yeah, um, we and you know, David, we've had this discussion about the importance of vetting candidates for jobs and you know especially today where soft skills have become i mean it's great if you've got the tech skills you know hands down you're coming out of college or whatever or you just you're 23 and you built some great cool tool for some new company but if you can't communicate if you can't write if you can't like interface with people um you know we need to know that right (laughs) (laughs) so um so that so I think the whole thing with accelerators was it wasn't that accelerators went away, it was that Odom was a complement and it became accelerators became actually a great use case and client of Odom because now we could say okay you've got this group coming from China, how can we you know number one um, better assess their needs so that so not only blockchain I want to just talk for a minute about machine learning you know, AI and, and skill matching, because the other problem Rich didn't really go into detail with accelerators was that if you've got six different entities in a supply chain and two different languages, by the time that customer in China says, I want a course on like 
the gamification of finance, you know, uh, and I want to have it at MIT. By the time that gets communicated down the chain to the MIT, you know, uh, sourcer, the person who's sourcing the, the, the course from MIT, you know, it's lost in translation. Like they made it, they may end up with a completely different course. So the so that was the other thing that Odin was solving is like, okay, you need education and you're specifically looking to gain these skills or learn this thing. Let's make sure we make that happen correctly. So so that was the other thing we did. And we had the opportunity, you know, in the in the beginning, we were actually invited to come speak at the EU. And um, we were uh, connected with a group at the EU that was in the middle of implementing a brand new data framework for the entire continent. And it, what it did is it allowed people say you're a nurse in Denmark and you want to become a nurse in Germany. Uh, how do we know the skills you're going to need in each country? And let's match them into like this giant data set so that that can happen seamlessly. So Odom took that EU data set, it's called ESCO, stands for European Skills, Competencies and Occupations. And we bring we brought that into our system as the starting point for our machine learning. So we could say, okay, you know, let's let's take a person, they build a profile, they say, here's my current skills, but here's my dream job. How do I get there? And what can you guys serve me up education-wise to help me get there? Fascinating. And so as far as your pilgrimage through either infancy, adolescence to maturity, where is Odom? I think Odom is like 12. (laughs) Months or years? Years. I think we're right. I think we are still at an early stage in the sense that um, we are mature in our ability to think clearly, articulate clearly, know what we want to do, are doing it. But we still, um, we're, our, our, I think our ultimate grown-up maturity is going to come when we are embraced more uh, holistically by the market. And I, I know, I know that. Just I, yeah, go I, ahead. I think there was a big. I mean, I, I have to tell you, this pandemic has kind of really uh, paralyzed a lot of people, especially in the education uh, yeah. industry. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> So that's kind of slowed up our pace. <clears throat> One of the things, uh, because this, you know, the cell cycle uh, or working with the universities has been probably, you know, stretched out another 12 months. Um, one of the things that we've done was start shifting to some uh, working with corporate corporations with their internal training and then their, their problems with recruiting. Uh, and at, at retaining um, their employees. So um, we, we think, you know, starting the next quarter, we'll start seeing more uh, growth with Odom, um, especially around the innovations of, around the credentialing, uh, around experiential learning. So that means that if you're working, you're earning a college credit um, and then be able to connect and understand, you know, the university curriculum to other online uh, uh, education organizations like, you know, Casera, Udemy, even Odom. So, so if you're coming to um, Odom and you're taking these courses in blockchain, now they can be matched to university credits. So um, these are kind of the innovations that we're working on today. So I want to go a little bit more micro. 
So you you know you guys spend a lot of time with each other, and there are a lot of things that you just intuitively know, right? I want I want I want so let's let's talk about because what I'm hearing is different from the person in Asia who wanted to take a course in Stanford in Palo Alto, mm -hmm. cost a thousand bucks, but after all the rent seeking middlemen, now it's seven thousand. So there's a problem, right? You guys go from that to the solution where now you've got a nurse who actually is in Denmark and she's she's certified in you know surgical room and hemophilia or whatever it is and now she wants to work in uh, Germany the the blockchain the, the, there's a certification that's put on a blockchain where somebody knows that that's an immutable thing that 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 this person yeah. really matches up to that thing so <clears throat> I want to I want to talk about like like how how you see this use case going out the, the, give me give me the reader's digest <laughs> version walk me through it if, if yeah. Some way, either of you. Well, well, first I want to preface this. You know, um, you know, our biggest thing was really getting more people around the world access to education and, and employment, and to be able to do that, you're talking about giving people who are not prepared to do online education. You're seeing that through the pandemic. You hear it all the time. You know, how do you engage these students? How do you? how you engage these students who are not prepared and into an online kind of platform. And Casera is dealing with with completion rates are like 10, 20 percent. How do you how do you you know give value? And for us, it's like it's 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 giving access to education and jobs. And what you guys do, David, uh, is that job piece, which is really important. But you really need to understand who that that student is, who's that professional is. Mm -hmm. Understanding that you know, are do they really have those skills? And uh, like Johanna says, that we what we've created was a common language that can be used globally, so people understand what a skill really is in one country to the other. But we go a step ahead and we verify these um, these skills. And then once we're able to do that, our machine learning actually connects them with their right educator, the right institution. Or the or, right job. Uh, or the right job. Or the right job. Right. 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 So that's really, really important. But you can't do that without really fully understanding who that uh, person is. That, that's what blockchain does. One is that you can verify them. You can put them on the, uh, the blockchain. Uh, store their records on the blockchain and give access to those job uh, recruiters, employers uh, to view. And then using the machine learning is really to match them up with blockchain recruiters because they have these blockchain jobs um, and blockchain recruiter really understands that these students or these professionals have this workforce experience. And there's only and one then, blockchain recruiters and that's us blockchain recruiters. Right. All right. That's right. That's, that's yeah, dot net. I can, yeah. I can go down. Yeah. I love that. I love the fact that you guys are so focused on blockchain yeah. because we need more blockchain, um, you know, developers, um, you know, not just developers, but anybody who has that, you know, knowledge on how, you know, blockchain works and the value it's driving more and more, more that we build out that community, uh, the longer, you know, blockchain will stay. And we, we all know it's, it's, you know, it's more than just crypto, you know, trading. Yeah. I want to divert for just a second before you go in, Joanna, I prefer the audience, right? And when we're talking about blockchain and we're talking about verifiability, <clears throat> 
David and I were having a, com a conversation with a random person. We were talking about vaccinations. Vaccinations, very controversial in the United States, mm -hmm. right? And probably the world, right? But now there are events where you actually can't, can't go. So, you know, my wife and I tonight, for, for her birthday, I'm taking her to see Gwen Stefani, right? Uh, mm -hmm. At the Planet Hollywood, right? And you can't get out. You can't get in there unless you've proven you're vaccinated. Right. Or mm -hmm. you or, or you have like a COVID test and the person says, uh, yeah, well, I, I, I've got the card, but I didn't get the shot. I said, well, you know, that's going to end badly. It's going to end badly because, you know, mm -hmm. hear about people who fly to Hawaii and they 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 forge the card. And no, this yeah. person knows a person who actually uh, got them in the system somehow. Mm -hmm. And I was just thinking to myself, you know, this vaccination thing is kind of important. I just no matter what side you're on, it's kind of important. And if you can actually manipulate your way into that, right, then that's that's a that's a point of failure that's that's going to be catastrophic. Right. Well, so okay, so we have a term for that in the in okay. the tech world. All right. We call yeah. that garbage garbage in, garbage out, and all that means is that, um, and it's the same with the blockchain. And we can go, and I want to just follow the thread back to your original question about what does you know? Let's go micro with this credentialing thing. Okay. Um, there are four key things that we Odom will credential and and uh, starting with the, the, the basic one, which is your high school or your college diploma. So we were the first we were the company working with the first university in Canada, Southern Alberta Institute of Technology, to put four years running now graduating students on on bot, on the blockchain through Odom. So that meant that. And the first year of the pandemic in 20, was it? Yeah, 2020, 2020. they actually did a, a whole um, virtual convocation on Odom, like live. It was very cool. So that's the, the basic thing. You know, we, we, we take your diploma and we put it on the blockchain. And you as the student actually initiate that process. So we invite you to come do that. You click a button that says, I, I want my blockchain degree or diploma. You create it in a completely decentralized model where only you can access it. And then you have the option to share it with employers um, and you know, keep a copy, a local copy, et cetera. So that's the first layer. The second layer would be, and again, so like if you have, there's less room for garbage in in that model because the, the verification key, which you know, if for people don't understand blockchain, there's a private key and a public key and a transaction gets signed and you can see that public key and that public key belongs to somebody. And in this case, there are three signature public keys on your diploma from SAIT, for example. One of those keys is for the school. One of those keys is to the registrar. And one of those keys is to the, let's say, um, you know, the president. So you could potentially just put those, those blockchain keys on your website as a university. And then somebody could see, okay, you know, that's a hard thing to to forge at that point, right? Right, right, yeah. So that's the most traditional layer. And then I'm going to skip ahead because in the middle of that, you can you can say, okay, I have a work certificate. In Switzerland, for example, you are you are granted the right to get any of your employers to give you a work certificate. So we could put that on the blockchain. But then fast forward to the world you and David are in where you guys have to find people, as we've talked about, who maybe didn't even go to college, you know, maybe they're 20 years old and they're just an amazing blockchain programmer whiz. How do we verify? And they're in Ukraine. How do we verify their skills? Right. So we can actually on Odom, we can we can verify what we call a work artifact. 
So you've got like a deep well on GitHub of work you've done, or you built the whole like app for some really cool, you know, um, DeFi company. We can now have that verified by the you know CEO or whoever, and we can now put you as a skilled person on the system, like so that a, so that a recruiter in a whole other part of the world or an employer in another part of the world can verify your skills. So that's pretty awesome. Yeah, it is. It yeah. Is. yeah. I just, uh, I just, I'm just sitting here. I just didn't know we were going to go there. And I, I'm because, <laughs> but no, because this is. We've been thinking about this. We, well, yeah, for 32 years as a professional recruiter, I've been thinking about this, right? <laughs> and, and now all of a sudden, you know, this is happening. This is happening. Mm-hmm. So tell us about the flying saucer. No, I'm kidding. I mean, it's like, <laughs> it, it, but it's, it's really, uh, you have to have the right, you have to have the piloting flying saucer skills on the platform to get, no, no, I, I, I can fly a, a flying saucer. I just, okay, I, just I need somebody else In with the technology. Head. No, I can fly one. I mean, I well, can prove it. As okay, soon as you... listen, here's a great segue drone pilot. Think about that for a moment. Five years ago, who, who would have thought there is even a drone pilot right yeah. now? It's a skill. Like, yeah. People are, it's correct. And and by the way, if you have any type of arson conviction, you're not allowed to be cleared by the FAA as a as a drone pilot. So, yeah, so there, there's there's another use case. There's another it's use case, out. right? Is this, it, could, yeah. you, you could yeah, you could go to the, uh, criminal records for this stuff too, right? Like, the, like but yeah. well, and you know what? Okay, criminal records. This isn't. I'm just going to jump on this topic because I think one of the things I feel passionate about is the blockchain should only reflect things that are positive and that you feel comfortable putting out to the world yeah, permanently. No, like, I don't think the blockchain, I'm not a fan of using the blockchain to penalize people Whoa, or no. to out them with I wasn't insinuating that. Well, hold saying, on a second. Joanna, no, no, but it's an you're not, Joanna, you're not proud of your criminal record? I mean, I don't understand. <laughs> I understand that that's that's how you get that's how you get street that's how you get street cred in the United States, yeah. right? That's like yeah, I burnt that. No, yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. No, and you're yeah, out. Street cred is immutable too, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, want, well, I mean, I, yeah. yeah, David. I, I mean, I think that's a really interesting point you brought up, though the whole uh, vaccination and it, there is a lot of fraud out there going on with those fake cards. But no, no, but it's in the system. It's not just the car. No. It's it's electronic, like in the system. Yeah. Like the yeah. the person showed me, they showed me on yeah. on clear. They're in clear, yeah. right? Uh, that's and, and so, so there's no, so that's the problem. There's no checks and balances. So there's no, you know, there's not multiple keys approving it. That, that's happening well, and this right is now. Why, it's just that one person yeah. is probably in the office. I mean, unless they were, I mean, we're just, we were in line waiting, it was just wait, line waiting to get seated at the restaurant. And I was just waiting mm-hmm. and we were talking about it. And it's just like this random person says, yeah, you don't, mm-hmm. because the conversation came up. Hey, I got, I got to get in. I got to prove this. All I have is, you know, the card that I have. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And they said, no, no. You well, just, and so I, I think, I think a thing to remember, and I don't, don't want to get political on this call, but I too will late. this. Remember that cryptocurrency is a very different thing than digital currency. Got it. And digital currency is use of the blockchain for centralized advantage. So I think of the things, kind of some of the things you're discussing as possibly in in that. And, you know, while yes, it might be, there might be fraud going on and we could look at all that, but the, but ultimately, there is a centralized source that's, that's using or not using that data for now to your advantage. 
but later, not maybe to your advantage, you know, that's personal stuff that's now being, you know, is being expected for you to share in ways that never before have happened. But if you want to just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But if you want to take this to like minority report, like you just reverse reverse engineer mind where you where you're arrested for future crimes think about this for a second right when they actually take the actual vaccinations right when they when they get those up and they put that on the blockchain and you've been rocking a vaccination status for 10 years or whatever it is now like the little yeah. the little spiders that open your eyes come to get you all right you you got to go see the magistrate in the sky i mean i'm ta- i'm taking it skynet a little bit but yeah, I mean this this whole thing's going to come back to center, right? <laughs> there's there's going to there is going to be a universal truth as, as far as yeah. as blockchain is concerned. So, this is uh this is great. So, uh how how can people find you and what type of people do you want to find you? Well, I think I think the people we we want to have find us are people who are looking for ways to improve their life that have felt they haven't up until now had those channels or tools or opportunities. And and what I mean by that is, you know, I think one of the things we realized as we started in education is that what's the end game for education? It's livelihood and it's a job or a career that has meaning that you can feed your family, that you can like have some stability and some, you know, security over time. So, and I think all of us on this call, you know, have, first world problems there's there's yeah. layers and layers of people out there in the world who would just dream of you know being able to be a blockchain engineer and getting paid for yeah. it and you know we 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 have a telegram channel we hear from people all over the world you know in places like Nigeria or Iran hold on and, a second you know, hold, hold on what is your telegram yeah. channel spell it out tell oh. people so they can find you yeah, it's actually, I think you guys put the website. The best thing is go to the bottom of the website. Yeah, and you can get to us on Twitter and Telegram. Just click right from the okay. links on the bottom there. So for everybody yeah. who's on Apple and Spotify listening, not watching, it's www.odem.io, like Dwight Odom, mm-hmm. right? Odom. <laughs> uh, yeah, but he spelled it yeah. O-D-O-M. No, no, shh. Don't say anything and about it's Dwight. It's not Dwight. It's, uh, oh. it's Lamar. No, I know a Dwight Odom. Anyhow, but I confuse. I can totally Dwight made him up. It's you were thinking of Larry Odom. <laughs> you're see Lamar Odom, the basketball player. Yeah, you're on thin ice as, yeah. a, as a co-host. I just want you to know. You just way. fell through the thin ice. <laughs> Go ahead. So, so, so the easy way to remember it is it's, it's an acronym, and it stands for On Demand Education Marketplace. O D E M dot I O. That's wonderful. Mm-hmm. So speaking of marketplace, are you guys in the market of, of adding to your team? Yes. Yes, for sure. And you can actually go to our, um, our website and you can go to, you know, uh, odom.io slash jobs, I believe. And you can find our, our jobs that are open there. So fantastic. Also too, uh, just, and just one more thing. So it, it's, Obviously, we want to give everybody access to education and uh, workforce placement. Uh, I think it's really great uh, working, uh, you know, with recruiters like blockchain recruiters. I think that's that's really there's a lot of jobs out there for people. There's a lot of training to get them compliant to those jobs. Uh, but one of the one of the things that I think 
we're, we're, we're wanting to see is more teachers to come onto our platform. More teachers, got we it. Talk, yeah, we, talk, we talked to a university yesterday. They told us that 20%, there's a 20% decline in teachers just in the United States. And um, they're also seeing a 30% decline on um, teachers enrolling or students enrolling into teacher programs. So there's a big need for teachers. Yeah. And if you want to be your teacher, uh, you know, if you have an expertise, uh, you work 30 years or 20, 30 years in teach or and you know, uh, cloud computing, you know, uh, come and teach people. Um, you don't have to be, you know, a licensed teacher. You just have to have the knowledge and uh, the knowledge and the will to teach other people. So uh, and. That's interesting. That that's an interesting thing yeah. because I mean I I became a teacher not having the the quote unquote certification right I yeah. I had I had the English uh, background I had I had a degree in English I had a degree in yeah. psychology and they said oh yeah you just we'll teach you how to teach and the interesting right. thing about uh, the decline you know I I wasn't aware of it I'm not I'm not surprised by it per, uh, per se but for a couple of reasons one it, I don't think teachers get paid enough. Uh, yeah. and, and two, uh, yeah. And, and two, here's, here's the irony about teaching programs. I, I, and this is just me, me from my experience. So, I mean, take it for what it's worth. I didn't learn how to teach in the certification program, like having it or not yeah. having that certification didn't make me the teacher. I had to be in the classroom actually doing it for me to learn how to teach because it's not, right. I mean, you can get a certification in teaching and you can still not be a good teacher. Right. So there's, there's, I mean, there, and a lot of things that they were trying to have us do, uh, they weren't, they weren't, I mean, there was one professor who actually did it. They, they went towards the student center teaching versus t teacher center. So like the, 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 uh, difference between lecturing the old, old school lecturing, here's the knowledge I'm imparting on you versus the, Hey, the students do the project. They learn what the lesson is and they teach each other and which which uh, I, I looked at your guys' website, you, you know, one of the quotes you guys had on your Instagram, actually, you know, you teach, you learn twice as much when you teach, right? Or the stat I always, I always uh, was about was you retain 95% of the information that you teach, right? Which right. is really what's, I mean, that's, that's the whole idea behind learning. And for, and for what it's worth, uh, the best recruiters I've ever trained were all teachers, including David and some other people, ironically. <laughs> I, I want to I share yeah. something. I'm going to share some uh, 30 years of awareness, right? The way recruiting works, right? Whether you are a recruiter or you're, you're recruiting for yourself or you got a yoga mm -hmm. studio and you need somebody, right, just to run the front desk. Mm -hmm. Recruiting, an agenda. this is universal. <clears throat> the way the world used to work was that, say, let's just take construction or let's just take accounting, some of those things. Somebody calls on the telephone and says, hey, are you interested in this, this position? They'll either say yes, no, or I'm not the right person. Like, well, who do you know? Well, the people that do that type of work, I walk by them and the person that's got a name, I don't know him, it's Bill Smith. Now the person has a lead to Bill Smith because you're, you're one or two degrees of separation from people who see people who see people doing the thing that you as a recruiter office. or hiring attorney need to see, right? Boom, COVID, March 2020, right? Everybody goes home, right? At the same time, everybody's home. This new blockchain thing is coming up. I mean, really, the proliferation of blockchain employment in it is mm -hmm. really is. It, it, 
it, it got its burst yeah. like exponentially with COVID. Yeah, now the situation COVID, yeah. is you talk to somebody who actually does the programming. Well, I'm looking for somebody that does compliance. They go, well, we think they're in Hungary. We never talk to them. We never see them, right? So what makes this the, the, the amount of need so strong is everybody is finite, right? It's fine, and they're siloed. Everybody's siloed, mm -hmm. so people are no longer in 100 people in an office in a wage yeah. cage looking, that's IT, mm -hmm. that's accounts payable, that's logistics, that's ordering. And they can't verify or vouch for them. Yeah, but, you know, but e even, <laughs> even that out of the side. So the reason is, I, I mean, I know that the, the necessity is the mother of all invention. So that's when I said to David, we need to start aggravating people now. So he says, well, we have no clients. I said, I've got a driver and that's a start. I mean, I literally, <laughs> I mean, it's like, I don't care. I don't care. You're going to be my driver and I'll figure out I'm going to get the car later. And that's why we started doing it. And it's like, I, I, you want to talk about Kevin Costner plowing his field? He'll tell you. I mean, he was, I, was, I mean, I said, yeah, you got to come willing and come drag. He says, I'm coming willing. Right. And, 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 and so, but we continue that aggregation of people. Right. And, that, mm. and that's what's going to make us the, the first to market in the sphere. And uh, so, true. so anyhow, that, that's uh, yeah. and, I, and I want everything on the blockchain until it puts me at a disadvantage. Then I don't. Right. Like elections. Right. If, if yeah. people wanted fair elections, they'd go right to blockchain. But go right to blockchain. people don't want fair elections because because yeah. it messes with the agenda. Johanna and Rich, thank you so much for spending the time. Yeah. Right. Staying up late. David, thanks. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, guys. So, well, All right. So, hey, Travis, thank you very much for uh, just another week. Of course. You're always here faithful. You turn the lights on, you turn mm -hmm. them off. Dave Hampton, Robo Recruiter, my co host. Thank you so much. Eternally I'm, grateful. I'm David James, right. the Job Whisperer. And remember, everybody, can't whisper. <laughs>